Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. My name is, I feel like I have to re- reintroduce myself. Uh, hi, I'm Pastor Mike. I'm uh, the pastor of this congregation, although you haven't seen me in two weeks. So I just need to say hello once again. Uh, thank you to Pastor Jen and to Nicole for running our services the last two Sundays. Uh, appreciate them. They are on vacation uh, this Sunday. Uh, but uh, we, we wish them all the best. And again, thank you uh, for letting our family sneak away for, for two Sundays. Two Sundays ago, we were sitting in Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. Uh, ooh, I know. Uh, two, uh, last Sunday, we were walking around Times Square, uh, 42nd and Broadway on, on a Sunday morning. And uh, it was nice to get away, and it's nice to come back home <laughs> as well. It's good to see each and every one of you. Uh, if you're a guest with us, welcome. We are blessed to have you with us today. And we just pray that you find a blessing in today's service. You got some, got some wonderful folks sitting around you. Uh, we'd like to say thank you for being here. We do have a, a nice welcome bag for you. Lisa is over here. She's kind of scanning the room, seeing who, who, who might be new. Uh, during our meet and greet time, uh, she might find you or you could find her or catch her after the service because we certainly want to say hello. If you're joining us online, we are blessed to have you with us as well. I know we got folk watching coast to coast today uh, and, every, and everywhere in between. Hello and, and, and welcome to all of you. Um, Lori is our worship leader today, and she may have an announcement or two. I didn't give her any today, so uh, we'll see what she says. I made up a few. Okay. <laughs> so it's good to be in worship here with you all today. And it was so much fun. I, I wander in from Star when I come to worship. And today it was so pretty because there were clouds and the sun was up, but the rays were filtering through the clouds. And I thought, man, it is so pretty. And I was reminded of God's presence and love. So I'm glad to be here with you all. So there's a quick reminder about the t-shirts. Get your order in. You can do it online or there are forms in the Narthex or the FLC because this order is going to be placed soon. Take a gander at the back of your bulletin for some upcoming events with church camp and the kids' pool party and need for nursery helpers. And then there's an ice cream social that's going to be given to say thanks to folks at church who are volunteers, but they ask that you RSVP that you're coming. And we also have Don, who would like to make an announcement. Come on up, Don. You guys ready for two Southern people talking back to back? (laughs) Last week, I stood here and said that we had a little challenge. And one of our members said if uh, anybody would give in the next uh, short time and mark on their check challenge, he would match everything up to $5,000. So I did that last Sunday. Nobody had any time to prepare for it. So far, we've got $1,840 toward our $5,000. And another member of our church felt so motivated that their family decided they would also give a challenge. So we have another $5,000 challenge. So if we meet both of those goals, we'll have $20,000 that we weren't counting on. So you need to leave more often. (laughs) If you can give, we would appreciate it. Thank you. So we got Texas, and if you had to guess, can you pick, pick out Lord? 
Tennessee, Arkansas, North Carolina. North Carolina. Which one would it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to a lot of those. Kentucky, Tennessee, and North Carolina. I'll claim all of them. That sounds good to me. And in case you're curious, she is a Methodist pastor from over there who happens to be living here. So, uh... You are well pastorized today. That's, uh... Uh, in a moment, we'll stand and sing, but uh, someone asked me a while back, Pastor Mike, how do the hymns get picked out for what we sing? Uh, you haven't done my favorite one yet, and I got to figure out which one your favorite one is because we have a list in, uh, that we go off of, and throughout the whole year, we hit all, all the favorites, all the classics. So uh, let me know what your favorite one is. We'll make sure that it's in there. I, it it, it might have been on a Sunday that you weren't here. I don't know. But uh, today, is uh, the reason I bring it up today is the uh, opening one for today was uh, a couple of people said, when are we going to do Lord of the Dance? I'm like, it's a fun one. It's Appalachia, Appalachia uh, tune. So we'll, uh, we'll do that one. There's like seven verses. Uh, so that'll be the one song we do. I'll, I'll even pick up at the guitar and see if we can uh, pick around with it as well. But let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening hymn.
That was a good one, wasn't it? I love that song. Okay, join, let's affirm our faith together to in hymnal number 883 or on the screen. This is the affirmation of faith from the Canadian churches. Let's join in affirming our faith. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope in life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Unless you're a kiddo, if you're a kiddo like fifth grade and down, come on up. This is your time in worship if you're willing to come on down. Morning, guys. Good shoes. Love the shoes. Cool shoes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk like old people for a moment, okay? Is that all right? Because when I was growing up many, many, many years ago, we had some soap by the sink. And if me or my brothers or my sister, although she got off lighter than we did somehow, if we said some words in the, in the house that were not quite appropriate words, I know you would never, ever do that. But in our house, if we did that, guess what mom and dad would do with that soap? Wash your mouth out with soap. Some of you are about as old as I am. Yeah, you had that. They would take the soap and they would say, you got some dirty words in there. And I preferred ivory over dove. <laughs> My grandpa had the volcano lava, lava, the gritty. The, uh, yeah, you don't swear at grandpa. Huh? Yeah, I, I learned early on that there were some words that, that, were, that, that we could say and some words that we didn't say. Although it didn't stop my dad a whole lot. We, uh, there were different rules for adults and different rules for kids, so I had to figure that out. But uh, my grandma, she didn't mind so much. But there was one, one word that she did not care for me to say. And it was, it was the word God. If I used it in a word that wasn't prayerful. And if, if I said God in such a way, even if I said O-M, what's that, what's that letter, O-M? G. I am 49 years old, and she will still flick the back of my ear if I say that. She goes, you know better. I'm like, I'm praying. She goes, no, you're not. It's like, well, I am now, because grandma's mad. <laughs> Why do you think? Why do you think that's one of our rules, is, 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 is using God's name in a respectful way and not just willy-nilly? Any ideas? It's not nice to him, is it? What if, what if I would use your name? Like, for, for, for all my creative words. Or if I use your name, 
for all your creative words. It wouldn't make sense, would it? No. Nope, uh, we, we say it in our Lord's Prayer. Thou, our Father who art in heaven, what's that next phrase? Hallowed. Hallowed. Make it special. Make it unique. Now, does God still love us? Yeah. But uh, he just wants us to treat God's name with, with God's respect. So that's pretty cool. I know of all the things in this world to care about. <laughs> like, this, this seems like a little one. But we like to be treated with respect. I would like people to call me by what, they, what, what I want to be called. And we want to call you by what you want to be called. And we want to call you by what you want to be called. It's a sign that we show of saying that you are important. And let me tell you something. You are important. You are special. So are all of you. Let's pray. God above, we give thanks for this day of life, and we know, we know that you love us and you care for us, and Lord, we just want to uh, treat you with the respect that you deserve, just as we treat those around us with the respect that they deserve. And Lord, help us to be those agents of love, of care, and that ministry of blessing. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down today.
Thank you, choir ensemble. Thank you, band. As we come to our prayer time here at, at the Church of the Warm Heart, let's take a moment and lift those up. That's who's on our hearts. Feel free and just, you could say them in your heart. You could say them out loud. You could shout them to the rafters. Uh, but who are we praying for this morning? Lord of all, we are already halfway through the summer months. School starts in just a few weeks. We sit and wonder where the time went and, and did we spend it well in your service? Lord, give us these next few weeks for renewal that, that we may be prepared to work through your church for the world. We thank you today for your faithfulness and for your mercy for your grace. You're always there when we need you. You've never turned away and you've never failed us. In our troubles and trials and when the road seems long, you've been right there with us and you have, you have helped us through. And so we give you thanks and praise today. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us, for the many names that you have. But most of all, we thank you for who you are and what you are. Keep us mindful of the needs of family, of friends, of others, that we will be your faithful disciples. And we bring before you this day persons and situations which need your healing love and help us to be those vehicles of that word for these dear ones. Give us the courage to empower us to serve you boldly and, and joyfully. For it is in the healing love of Christ that we offer up our prayers. And as a congregation, we come together with one voice through the prayer your son taught us to pray by sharing in these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As willing and able, let us uh, with one voice again stand and sing our next hymn, Something Beautiful, 394.
So for the scripture today, we have a dog from every alley. We've got three scriptures. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the first one is from Exodus 20, verse 7. Hear the word of the Lord. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. The next reading is from Psalms 19, verse 14. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. The last is from Ecclesiastes, verse one, or chapter one, verses one and two. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Thanks, Lori. So what's in the name? We have a relatively new tradition here in our country, and I'm, I'm totally fine with it. It's cool, and it's to give a child any name that you can think of, <laughs> regardless if it's a real name or not. We'll just make one up on the spot. That's fine. That's, you know, God bless America. We could pull this off. Or we'll take a name, and we'll spell it differently than what everyone else does. You know, Matthew with one T. Uh, I, knew, I knew a Stephen once with a silent Q. It was in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, my wife's a teacher, Stephanie, and uh, last year she had seven different Mackenzies, all spelled differently. Uh, and, 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 and it's not a new thing, I guess. Uh, some of the names I know from older folk are also uh, a little different. At my last church, we had an 80-year-old gal whose name was Valon, V-A-L-O-N. When she was born, mom was, you know, in there with a baby, and the doc came out and said, what's the na- baby's name, and, and had this little thing, and, the, and it was supposed to be love on, and in the excitement, he messed up the two letters, L and V, and so at Lavon, she was Valon, and he got done, he goes, oh, I messed up, and the doctor says, too late. <laughs> it's in pen. Her name's Valon. <laughs> Jeez. Crikey. I got a, got a friend in the Native American tradition, and his name is Brad Drowning Bear. Brad Drowning Bear. And when I thought our relationship had progressed to a point where I could ask a sensitive question, I asked him, isn't, isn't it a little embarrassing to have a name that implies a bear that doesn't know how to swim? And he, he responded with a stern look, and he said, drowning bear does not mean the bear is drowning. One way a bear gets its victims is that by puts its prey under the water and it drowns its victim. And then he put his hands on me. (laughs) I got it. I'm good. I'm good. Many of us in the English tradition, we, we don't know what our name means. It might come from the old, old tongues that where there were meanings behind them. And we've kind of lost that in translation. When we were naming our own children, we kind of had a night. We, we, wanted to name them some, we wanted to name them something that they could live into. We, see, we love the name Tristan. 
Pristine. Oh, it just, it just, it just sounds so nice. Uh, but it means forlorn and lost. I didn't want my kid to be forlorn and lost. So we went with Christian. It's a good pastor's kid's name, right? Then Gabriel, we went with Gabriel. That's an angel. And, and the third one was going to be either Sam, uh, Samuel or Samantha. We have some Samuels in our family, and it's a good Bible name. And my wife went along with it. A little too easy. And uh, come to find out that uh, Samantha came out. And uh, my wife loved the show Bewitched. With, with Samantha, you know, the, the witch do, I can't do the nose thing. So my daughter says, you know, I got Christian named after religion. My brother's an angel and I'm named after a witch. And that's what it is. Be careful what you name something because it will become what you name it. If you name a cat Fluffy, it will be Fluffy. If you name them Cujo, they will be Cujo. It'll, it'll be bad. Same thing in the Bible. We get, we get some of the names in the Bible. Um, Ichabod. Ichabod is in the Bible. Uh, we might know the name Ichabod from Ichabod Crane, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, again, we were just up there and we were playing around Terrytown. And uh, Ichabod means uh, without glory. Love has departed. And, and that's what Ichabod was in the, in the story. Ebenezer Scrooge. Ebenezer's in the Bible. Ebenezer means rock, solid, stern. And uh, uh, what's his name? Took, took Ebenezer Scrooge as, a, as, as someone who was just, just stubborn. Ebenezer, I'm not going to change. My name, Michael, means one who is like God. <laughs> and my wife also laughs, so there you go. My wife, Stephanie, her name means crowned princess, and we live up to that one. There you go. There was this kid, I know I'm playing with this too much, but there was this kid I had in a youth group. This is about 20 years ago. Uh, his name was Alaric, and Alaric at that age was, was a holy terror to play with. Uh, he, was, he was a... Hmm, he, a little destructive and a little obstinate, a little just, just one of those, oh, we love you, Jesus loves you, but I'm not Jesus, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. And, I said, and one day I said, Alaric, I've heard that name before, Where, what, is that a family name? And he, he said that he was a direct descendant from King Alaric of the Visigoths who sacked and burned Rome. And now he made sense to me. <laughs> Well, names were important in the Bible. Adam means dirt or earth because he was formed from the dirt of the, dirt of the ground. Uh, Eve uh, means to give birth. We get the word evening from there. Evening gives birth to, to the next day. Uh, Eve, she didn't get that name till after she had Cain. Cain means wanderer, which is what he did after he killed Abel. And Abel's, Abel means short or breath, which was his life. Uh, Abraham means father, father of Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Sarah, his wife. Sarah means laughter. There's a story where she laughed at something that God said. Moses means to draw out, which he was. He was drawn out of the, out of the Nile, and yet he also drew the people out of Egypt, doubly named. And then uh, uh, Joshua. Joshua means to save. He delivered his people. Uh, after, after Moses, he brought them into the promised land. And 11 centuries after Joshua, 
there was a baby born in a, uh, in a manger who's also, whose name was also Joshua. And he would save their people from their sins and usher in the promised land of heaven. We know him by his Greek name, Jesus. Jesus probably went by Joshua when he was small. That was the Hebrew name, Joshua. Peter means rock. Paul means humble, which God made him to be. We, we become our names. Well, today we're going to take a quick look at the third commandment. We are uh, kind of in the beginnings here of a Ten Commandment series. Uh, and this is probably the most broken commandment of all of them. And you might be thinking, Pastor Mike, with, with wars and inflation, political uncertainty, the cultural wars that we have, we got fear, we got all the stuff going on in the world, this is the one thing that you think we have problems with. This is what you're going to spend a Sunday on. A slip of the tongue. Aren't there more pressing matters? Probably, but the Lord made these rules. And he put them in order. This rule comes before murder and adultery. So we should probably at least glance at it, right? Uh, so this, I, I don't do, I don't do uh, fire and brimstone. That's not my style as preacher. This sermon is going to be more food for thought, okay? This is a food for thought sermon. I like how the J- King James makes it sound. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And then we get the whole, and God will not hold them guiltless. And like, ooh, this, this is the first commandment that we get with a kind of a punishment at the end. And as, as I read this, a few questions came to mind. Well, first, what's the name of the Lord? What's the name of the Lord? Notice how it's phrased, Lord thy God. Or Lord your God in more contemporary language. Is it Lord? Is it God? Bless you. Turns out God is not a name in and of itself. It's more of a uh, descriptive. Lord thy God implies that God is a type of Lord. It would, it would be like you and a human being. Uh, I, I should call you Mark, the human being. Lord thy God. God is not a name. We get the word God from the Germanic tongue, Old, old German, uh, from gut, G-O-O-T, gut, uh, except we don't spit like the Germans when they speak, gut, and so we kind of soften the T, and we kind of we get good, God, uh, my, uh, my grandma's not here to flick my ear, uh, my great-grandpa would say, guten, gutenheden, gutenheden, God in heaven, gutenheden, uh, that was his way, am I saying that right? All right, good. Guten Abend, thank you. Flick your ear. <laughs> my my parents were creative in their in their uh, in their word choices. Uh, but yeah, uh, what it means in German is supernatural, or something to evoke, something that transcends. It's not a name. It's, we have everything that's natural, and everything that's not natural is gut. And so we would say gut. Okay? And that's my grandma calling right now. Just, just go talk to him. She's watching. I know she's watching in Nebraska. So what is God's name? 
Well, the very first scripture where we get the name of God, uh, or what God is known by, is Elohim. Everyone say Elohim. 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 In the beginning, Elohim made the heavens and the earth. First verse of the Bible, in the beginning. Elohim means strength and power. El. Go ahead and put that back up there for a second, just for fun. Not that one. That's the next one. El, Elohim, E-L. Uh, who cares about E-L? But let me tell you what E-L is. Even in, in uh, 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 English, all, most of our words that begin with E-L have to do with something almost godlike or something that is elevated or something that is bigger or something that is something, something big. E-L. So you could get like elephant, big, right? Elevate, elevator, elastic, needs bigger. I need bigger on elastic. Elated, an elder, someone who is older, right? Elementary and so on. Most of our words that start with E-L have that kind of feeling. It doesn't always work like elbow or electricity, but for the most part, you get the idea. Elohim is used 2,300 times-ish in, in, in the Bible. Another word that you find for God is uh, one that we pronounced Yahweh. Yahweh. Uh, Y-A-W-A-H. It's used 7,000 times. Uh, the the uh, traditional Jewish folk, they, 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 this is how they call God, Yahweh. And they, use, they don't have the vowels because Hebrew doesn't have vowels, so it's just Y-W-H. And it's translated as Lord. It's also the base word for Jehovah, if you know that one. Uh, but again, it's descriptive. It's not actually a name. And to play it safe, most Jewish folks don't even say the name Yahweh out of respect. They use kind of a, a lesser word, Adonai, Adonai, which, which, which means roughly the same thing. Scripture has other words to God, El Shaddai, God Almighty, Kodesh, Holy One, Jehovah Shalom, God of Peace, and many more. But they're all descriptives. But if you go back into the old writings, you will not find the word God. No name. He does have a name, and he gave it to Moses. If you remember the burning bush story. I am who I am. In the beginning, God told Adam, name everything. And Adam named all the things. He didn't name God. God self-disclosed his name to a future generation. Again, this is just kind of a ponderance type sermon. So what does it mean to take it in vain? And by, and by that name, I'm just going to use the word God in this sense, because that's how we generally take it. It's my second question. What does it mean to take it in vain? Now, we generally think of swearing when we think of this, don't we? Profane use of God's name. Thought about saying some of them here. I just can't bring myself to it. Uh, even watered down versions are tough. Gosh darn it. My grandma would be ready. She'd be ready. She'd say profane. Profane. We've lost the word profane to popular usage. Profanity does not mean swearing. Did you know that? It doesn't mean swearing. 
Someone once told me, profanity, it's a fanity that lost its amateur status. It went pro. Like, no, that's not it. It's not it. Profanity is, it just means non-sacred. Non-sacred. So if I take the Lord's name in vain, as we commonly think of swearing, that would be profanity. If I said the phrase, I'm going to the lake, that would be a profane statement. Because that is not a sacred thing as well. Taking the Lord's name in vain has nothing to do with swearing. So what does in vain mean? Well, vain means nothing. That's literally what it means. It means to make something nothing. It actually, wind, in, in Hebrew, it's, it, it, they use the word wind every now and then. Uh, Ecclesiastes, it, what she read, meaningless, meaningless. In the King James, it says, vanity of vanities. All is meaningless as a chasing after the wind. So to take the Lord's name in vain would mean to make it into nothing. If I use it all the time in general speak, and, and it really doesn't matter, I turn it into nothing. If I promise, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, and I'm not saying we would lie to our parents, but uh, uh, we, if, we, if we told the story, my mom every now and then, if it was big enough, she would say, do you put your hand on the Bible? Like, ooh, it just got serious. And I, I, I would get in trouble for lying this much, but if, if it got to that level and I put my hand on the Bible, I was more in trouble for lying than I was for whatever it is that I did, right? To make it nothing. If you use your name, if God's name in a way that's respectful, you're doing all right. If you use God's name in a manner that's flippant or derogatory, that's vain. So here's a good rule of thumb. What if, what if God answered you every time you evoked God's name? Every time you said, oh God, and you got a response. Oh God. Yes. What? You called me. I didn't call you. You used my name. No, God, I didn't. Oh, I did it again. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I, I didn't mean it. Gosh, dang it. I will. You'll what? I will dang it. I don't want you to dang it. Verily I say, I shall dang it thee. <laughs> like, just, it, it sounds weird, don't it? Try it for a week. Every time you use the Lord's name in vain, in a non-prayerful or respectful manner, just insert another name. Like, let's, let's pick a name, Steve. I'll pick Steve. I'm not saying Steve's in the front row, but it's the name I got. Uh, make a mental note right now. Every time you say, oh God, just say, oh Steve. Doesn't, doesn't make sense, does it? It sounds silly, right? That's kind of how God feels about it uh, at the same time. Save the name of God only when you mean to say it. Let me, let me try it like this. As a, mineral, as a matter of general conversation, I try, as your pastor, not to swear. I'm a pastor, not a saint. <laughs> if I do, it's because I'm working on the car or I just broke my arm. It's, it's usually a watered-down version. My kids have heard me swear twice in however old they are. 
And if it got to that level, it mattered. I'm not saying I'm proud of it. I'm just saying there. No other words would have worked at that moment. But if I was a person who swore every other sentence, vanity of vanities, it, be, it, becomes, it becomes nothing. My own father, I'll pick on him, master of creative language. I once commented to him that, Dad, I'm, I'm not going to see my house in heaven. The house I grew up in, it won't be in heaven. Jesus said, I will make you a room, and that's good because my house ain't going to be there. He goes, what do you mean? It's like, Dad, you've worked on every part of this house. You've worked on every appliance, and you have dang it. Like, I have heard you dang, dang, uh, the whole, mm. my house is doomed. <laughs> I'm not going to see it in heaven. And he said, don't, and he patted me on the head because I was like eight. He patted me on the head and said, don't worry, you'll see our, you'll see our house in heaven because somewhere along the line, I probably danged you too, so you'll be there. <laughs> and so I got that to look forward to. Use your words on purpose. Otherwise, they get watered down and they mean nothing. In the Lord's Prayer, we actually say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Set apart for special purposes. When I was in youth ministry for about 10 years, from 18 to 28 years old, I was doing youth ministry. And uh, when kids would swear or something like that in, in, the, in, our, in our group, we made, them, we made them recite Psalm 19. May the words of my heart and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Every time. Oh, what'd you say? Say it. And then, and then all of a sudden, they, they learned that they, 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 changed, they changed their words. The words that you have in your heart, are they acceptable? Do they show a love? Do they show a care? That's, that's, it's not the words themselves, but it's the, it's the love within. So why is any, let me close with this. Why is any of this important? Names matter. The little things matter. If the Lord is so concerned about this little thing, imagine how much he is concerned about, about the big things. And call people what they want to be called. It's a sign of love. It's a sign of respect. It is then that we could live by the words of the psalmist. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord my rock, and my redeemer. And the family of God said, amen. Words matter. Uh, during our coffee hour, during our snack hour, we have a, if you're a guest with us, we do have coffee hour after the service. It'll be outside these doors to the left in the Family Life Center, the next building. Uh, we hope you join us for coffee and all that. But during today's uh, coffee hour, when you go in, you might see some quilts hanging up around the, uh, around the walls. Uh, our warm heart quilters and the daughters of the American Revolution have partnered together and they made quite a few quilts to be donated to the Chemawa, uh, Chemawa, I'm sorry, Chemawa School, Indian School in Salem. And we will give a blessing. And we believe that words matter, blessings matter. So we hope that you join us and uh, we will give a blessing on the quilts that they who, that they who get them uh, find warmth, shelter, 
care and all that. Thank you to everyone who helped make those and will be a part of the blessing. Let us receive today's offering. Please stand for our doxology. prayer. God of eternity and God of the next moment, we offer our gifts today, having heard your call through Jesus to follow. May our gifts bring us closer to you.
and to the community around us. Amen. Our closing song, His Name is Wonderful, in 174 in the hymnal. bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. That as we celebrate these dog days of summer, may God's love, blessings, and peace go with you all. Amen. Amen.